I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What is up, my friends? You are very welcome along to tonight's Late Night Agenda. I do apologize that I'm a couple of minutes late, but I messed up the stream key, so I had to go back and do it again. So that's on me. I can't blame Connor. I can't blame Ben. I can't blame anybody else tonight, so sorry about that one. Also, you guys will notice when the stream is over that the members-only tactical breakdown of yesterday's derby against Everton, that is now uploaded as well for you guys, so love your feedback on that. It is for members only. It is part of your membership here on the channel, so again, thank you for your continued support. Right, how are we all doing? It was, uh, it was a bit of a mixed bag yesterday, wasn't it? United won, but Arsenal dropped points. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about life right now as a Liverpool fan. I won't lie to you. I'm feeling pretty good. And we've loads to get through on tonight's stream. We're going to be talking about, um, of course, the title of the stream. We're going to be talking about Oshiman. I'm going to be telling you why I like the idea of Jared Bowen and a few other bits and pieces as well. So look, what do we want to start talking about? Because I know people are instantly going to come on and think, oh, here he goes again, banging on about Victor Oshiman. But it isn't me. It's not, I'm not just pulling out these stories. These are consistently coming out in the media now. And it does make me wonder, is there any truth to this? Or are we being sold a pup? I mean, you can look at it one of two ways, right? A lot of this stuff's coming from the Napoli side. Is it Napoli fans trying to pressure or make sure that Victor Oshiman signs an extension? Or to just get some type of resolution to it because we know the situation with Oshiman over there hasn't been great we've seen the videos that Napoli put out we've seen the mistreatment of the player and I don't know any other way to say it so um again I'm interested in your thoughts and I'll read you through the outlet or the excerpt from the articles and give you the reasons why I'm talking about it on tonight's stream uh Dennis Christash said love your videos thank you so much Dennis thank you for the super chat mate thank you for your continued support uh means a lot um yeah can I just say like I want to say a thank you to everybody. For the last few weeks, um, last couple of months, 
things have taken a turn on the channel and people I think are starting to see that we're not just lunatics on here. We do try to be balanced and there's been a lot of lovely feedback and comments and messages from all different types of fans. Not only, of course, Anfield Agenda and Liverpool fans, but people from other clubs. So I just want to say thank you again for that because it doesn't go unnoticed and it makes such a difference. Like, kind feedback is so rare in this day and it's why i bang on about us having the best community on youtube because you guys are built different you're not afraid to express yourselves you're not afraid to show a little bit of a bit of kindness and the world needs it i defo need it at times and i know you guys do as well so much love to you all craig i think bowen would be one heck of a signing oh i love it phil i love it i love it that we're already starting to turn the screw here buddy and um, so look Tonight's news video was basically me trying to convince the world and you guys why I think Jared Bowen would be a damn good signing for Liverpool Football Club. And again, I have to say this from the context of nobody's going to replace Mo. Nobody. It's not doable. We can't do it. It won't be done. Let's all just accept that part. And also, as I've said numerous times, my preference will always be for Mohamed Salah to get a contract extension because no part of me thinks that he's on the decline. No part of me thinks that he hasn't got another two or three years at the very top level in him. Look at him. He's a machine. The man looks after himself. He's an Adonis. So if we can look at it from that perspective, that that's priority number one, then I think we can have this conversation. Uh, Craig, do you think that Gravenberg can play as a six? Can he? Yes. Do I want him to? No. We need a six. Like, we need a six. A proper, bona fide, break your balls, clean up in front of the defence, hard as nails, horrible git number six. We need one. And a, the more of a shithouse, the better, in my opinion. So, look, he can do it. Same way McAllister can do it. But it's not his natural position. It's not the one that we, we want. We want to see Ryan Gravenberg getting into the penalty area, getting onto the end of things like he seems to have a, a penchant for wanting to do. Uh, oh, by the way, one quick thing. So, Connor put up that clip yesterday of, of me talking about the incident at the airport with Lucas and the amount of people on TikTok saying, yeah, it didn't happen, didn't happen. If you knew my son, if you knew that little legend and how much of a shithouse he is and how little he cares about what he says, then you would know that that very much is something that Lucas would do and did do. So um, I've got no reason to be making up stories about me being called a, a fat pile of lard or whatever it was he said. Because I think I got the wording slightly wrong. My missus pulled me up on it last night. But uh, he very much did say it because he's a little hero. Uh, what's your dream signing for R6? Well, I'm sold on Andre, if I'm being honest. I mean, I do love the idea of us signing Andre and bringing in two DMs for the price of Fabinho, basically, which is what it would be if we got him for 30 million euros. So, yeah, I think, look, we've put the groundwork in. We've had the open channel of communication with Fluminense. We were respectful of not looking to force the issue in the summer when Fluminense wanted to hold on to him because of, of course, their participation in the latter stages, now the final of the Copa Libertadores. So I think, I think it's eminently doable. And I think it's the next obvious step for him and his career to come to Europe, to come to the Premier League in this case. Arsenal are known to be interested as well at this point, but... 
you know, I've mentioned the way we lost out to Chelsea for Caicedo, and one of the things that Caicedo's camp said was Chelsea had put the groundwork in, Chelsea had shown interest for months and months, and were always trying to get the deal done. I'm hoping the same will apply here to Andre and us. I hope that we're quite far along in this and that the plan is always to come back and revisit. Now, looking from the Brazilian side, there's been some Fluminense fan accounts who have saying that they think it's probably about 80% that Liverpool will be back in in January for them and that that deal will be done. So that's what I hope happens. Lad didn't play good against Peaky Blinders today. Bowen. Well, he scored. Um, and we don't sign people based on or off one week. Like, you don't want to sign somebody who has a brilliant week one week, a match of the day fever. But look, if you look at Jared Bowen, and I gather that's what you're talking about there. If you look at Jared Bowen, look at his goals assist record. Look at his consistency. And most importantly for me, as I mentioned in the video tonight, just look at the work rate of Jared Bowen. I think he'd be a phenomenal fit. In, a, in this Liverpool team on the Jurgen Klopp. He's Premier League tried and tested. Every time he stepped up a level, he's shown that he belongs at that level. Helped win the Europa Conference League with West Ham in the Europa League this season. And I just think a point will come where Jared Bowen will want to be playing in the Champions League, will want to be playing in you know the major competitions in Europe. And I know he signed a new contract at West Ham, but careers are short. And I think 60 million quid might change West Ham's mind. Uh, if Salah leaves, Saka would be a dream signing. Yes, Jack, but it is just that. It's a dream. <laughs> We'd all love Saka, dude. I'd be right with you on that one. But there's no way we're getting Saka out of Arsenal. It isn't happening. He's on, I think, 300 grand a week, maybe more. He signed a new contract. And Arsenal, to be fair to them, are a club that look to be going in the right direction. They have a young, good team, a manager who the players really seem to look up to, and the fans are right behind them. So there's no need for him to move if you're Saka. Uh, he's too old, said Liam. He's 26 at the minute, Liam. Uh, turns 27 in December. So I'm not going to say to you that age isn't a consideration. It is, but it's the reason why I'm talking about 60 million instead of us going and spending 100 million. So Jared Bowen, if we signed him, definitely has five, six years in him. So I would rather that. Because we've seen a lot of conversations, Liam, at the minute about Leroy Sané, who was another year older and more injury prone. So for me, look... This is just my opinion. I'm not saying it is a fact or that it's going to happen. Um, the Osherman stuff I'm going to move on to now in a second. Vincent Heath said, I'd go for Ollie Watkins. Again, I can see it. I, I can see where you're coming from, Vincent, because Ollie Watkins is another very Jurgen Kloppy type of player. Works hard, always looking to improve. But Villa have very... Um, how do I say this? Very... Good owners with deep pockets that are going to look to get that club into the Champions League. Unai Emery was mentioning as much in his pre-match conversation with Sky earlier on. Um, and they might do it, you know. They might get into the top five if they continue playing the way they are. Because that game today, they looked very sharp, very good. And Ollie Watkins is a part of that. So I think they'll dig deep to try and keep him there as well. And I think it would take an, an extortionate amount of money. Going to be a tight season for the top four. Well, it'll be the top five if all goes to plan because 
with the new Champions League format coming in next season, there is going to be two more places for uh, the two leagues that finished highest in the, or are highest in UEFA's coefficient rankings. The last time I checked, those two leagues would be uh, the Premier League and La Liga, meaning that both of those leagues would get a fifth uh, automatic qualification place from the uh, domestic leagues. So top five is probably Champions League this season. Uh, Saka, Oshiman and Rodrigo are very unrealistic. Um, Rodrigo, Oshiman is definitely not unrealistic. I, I don't know why you think Oshiman's unrealistic. It's very, very realistic. Um, he's not happy at Napoli. Napoli are already shown this season that they're not really going to be able to replicate what they did last season. Um, Victor Oshiman obviously is insulted by what Napoli did with those videos they made. And I think... It's almost an acceptance. I, I gave you a quote from De Laurentiis, the Napoli president, yesterday, where he said that, um, you know, he's kind of okay about it all. If he moves, he moves. He's contracted to 2025. So maybe it's going to be a little bit harder. But if we, and again, what I say, this is all predicated on the idea that Mohamed Salah moves on. So if he did move on and Jurgen Klopp wanted to change things a little bit or maybe fully believed in Ben Doak or Cade Gordon, then you might see the idea of, Klopp will just bring it in. Another Darwin-esque, another hard-working, battle-hardened centre-forward. And I wouldn't say no. So look, let me get to the quotes. Because it's all very well and good, me running my mouth here. But there are a few quotes about this that um, we got to go through. Bear with me. Oh, it's magic. You know. Oh, also, just another reason to dislike Manchester City, as if there wasn't enough already. But Manchester City condemn offensive chants about Sir Bobby Charlton and appeal for information. Uh, so apparently Manchester City, some of their fan base, were singing derogatory songs after the death of Sir Bobby Charlton yesterday. And to be fair to Manchester United fans, I've, I made my own little video on it, you know, to pay my respects. And it seems to be that their Liverpool fan base have responded respectfully and United fans, to their credit, are acknowledging that. But there seems to be a real bitterness from certain sections of the Manchester City fan base, which is, um, in my opinion, just another reason to dislike them, as if we needed one. Right, where's this note? Here we go. So, Victor Oshiman, right? So this story uh, comes from Walter DiMaggio, director of Kiss Kiss Napoli. I don't know what Kiss Kiss Napoli is. I don't know if it's a radio station, a website, whatever. He's claimed that Liverpool have a strong, strong interest in Napoli forward Victor Oshiman. He went on to say there's strong, strong interest in Victor Oshiman from Liverpool. Then we'll need to understand if the Reds will put pressure on Oshiman's agent, whether it's renewed or not, i.e. his deal at Napoli. In recent days, a boy from the Primavera team scored a sensational goal in a practice match against the first team. Applause from Garcia, Gravia, De Laurentiis inquired about this very young centre-forward called uh, Vigliotti, who were, among other things, the nephew of Gianluca. So, anybody for uh, a little bit of bit of Nunes and Oshiman? Anybody? I, I would. I'd very much like a bit of Nunes and Oshiman. And if you add this to the stuff I gave you yesterday for another outlet in Italy and the quotes from De Laurentiis, I want to come back to our friend who said Oshiman's unrealistic and say to you, he's not. Now, you might think he won't want to move to Liverpool or he could go elsewhere, but getting him out of Napoli isn't unrealistic in my opinion. 
Uh, how long till two? Was I even? Someone said sing. Was I even singing? Someone said singing skills on two hundred twenty-four or singing skills on top. Was I singing? Like I'm so comfortable now in and around you lads that if I'm humming something, I don't even pay attention to it. Right, sorry, want to go through more of your comments. How long till 224k? Oh, uh, a long way. I think it's like 700 or something like that. Prefer Saka to replace Mo. That's grand, but it's not happening. I, I really, does, does anybody, re like, okay, let's do a poll because it's a democratic process here on Anfield Agenda. Right, so I'm going to ask a simple question. Is Saka a realistic seller replacement? I don't think he is, but it's a democratic process. I want to see how you guys feel about it. So there's a poll up there now at the top of the chat. Have your say. Pedro Neto, I mean, I'm not against that idea, the Red Baron. And, you know, there's a lot of people who've been saying Pedro Neto and Kubo. And they're very good options. They are very, very good options. Obviously... Uh, Kubo probably a little bit more exciting to a lot of people, but Pedro Neto is very good, and we've been linked with him in the past. He had an injury that took him a long while to come back from, but he's finally starting to show again now at Wolves uh, the player that he is, adding goals and assists again to his game. Uh, Oshiman can also play on the wing, said Sergu. Look, imagine having Darwin Nunes and Oshiman and either going with one or both. Or being able to rest Darwin. Or if Darwin has a little niggle. Having the ability to move Oshiman centrally. or It gives us plenty of option. It gives us plenty of fluidity in attack. It gives Jürgen plenty of tactical fluidity as well. Again, these are just conversations and an idea. And I wouldn't have mentioned Oshiman really. Only for over the last week or two. A lot of stuff has started to come out of the Italian side around Liverpool. Uh, Kubo will be more versatile, but we've got to take into account Real Madrid have the option of signing Kubo next season for half of his release clause, which is 30 million euro. So you would imagine that Real Madrid will buy him back, if nothing else, to sell him on. So, you know, Real Madrid are going to need to bring in money because they're going to be spending a lot with the likes of Mbappe and other players coming in. So... They might want to just say, right, well, let's spend 30 million to get Kubo and then flog him for, I don't know, 60, 70 million. Um, so I don't know if Kubo is going to be as straightforward as maybe we would hope. Get Coleman or Leroy Sane. What, do you want to see somebody injured every week? Because that's what happened if you had either of those two. They're both highlight players. Leroy Sane and Kingsley Coman, when they're fit and firing, are brilliant. But it's not often enough. We wouldn't be able to rely on particularly Leroy Sané, who would be 28. Um, I just don't think it's a sensible option. We've just gotten rid of a lot of injury-prone players over the past while. And Thiago's coming to a natural end as well at the end of this season. We don't need to start filling the squad up with expensive injury-prone players again. Uh, Adi Amy was great. I'd love him here, said Phil Connors. Well, look, we know Liverpool had an interest and probably still hold an interest in Kareem Adi Amy because we were linked with him before he moved to Dortmund from Salzburg. Um, as of yet, we haven't seen Jurgen go back to his former club for any player. K 
came close, I would say, um, at one point, but hasn't done it yet. Any whisperings about a potential uh, CD signing? Uh, defender, centre-back. Um, the only one that's really been doing the rounds in recent weeks is, of course, uh, Hincapia again. Um, oh, no, I'm lying to you. There's another one. Inacio's name has been doing the rounds. And do you know what? I hope we don't sign Inacio for one reason and one reason only. Because if we pay 60 million euro for a player that we could have gotten in the summer for 40 million euro, somebody deserves to be slapped with a wet fish. Because that is the height of stupidity. He signed a new contract at Sporting. And that, in my opinion, should have ended our interest in signing Inacio. Because Sporting will hang off for the release clause to be met. And it would just be so stupid to spend 50% more on a player who's gotten a little bit older as well that you could have got for 20 million euro the season before. It'd be madness. Uh, thank you, Rachel, as well, who gifted five Anfield Agenda memberships. Don't forget, if you are a member, you are able to watch your members-only videos and tonight's tactical breakdown of the Everton game and my thoughts on it have been uploaded from members. So, again, hope you guys enjoyed that one. Do you think Mbappe would come? Well, if somebody played with... No, I'm not, I'm not going down that route. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Stop it, Craig. Um, I think I think he is going to Madrid. I think we can all see that that's the most likely outcome here. Um, so, yeah, no. And look, do we really need the whole circus that would go along with Mbappe? Probably not. So I think we just accept he's going to Real Madrid. It's so Liverpool, though. It would be stupid. And for a club who prides itself on being fiscally responsible, to go out and just waste 20 million because we paused on a player, it'd just be madness. Like Van de Ven. I still don't know why we didn't pull the trigger on that one and we allowed him to go to Spurs because he looks like a proper player. Uh, Craig, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good, Justin. Good, good, good. Um... Lots of exciting stuff happening in the background that I can't tell you about yet. Keep your eyes peeled. Uh, Going to have some announcements over the next few weeks. Um, yeah, good, 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 good. Myself and my family sat down today and we had a really frank and honest discussion about a nine-month move to Spain. And I think we're going to we're looking really hard at it because we found we found a way that we can rent a house for nine months over there, get Lucas into one year of school. Uh, bring our own car and our dog across with us keep our house here obviously and um, the difference in the cost of living would be covered by uh, the rent would be covered by the difference in the cost of living so we're, we're strongly thinking of trying one school year um, for our son over in Spain and just seeing how we get on so excited looks like we could try that next school year what's happening with Endo he's not working out in, uh, is he not working out in your opinion <clears throat> it's a really good question Brian and it's one I've been asking myself a lot because remember when we signed Endo we got the Jürgen genuinely looked really happy about the player we'd signed spoke about his attributes spoke about what we can expect to see from, from him as Liverpool fans and we all bought into the story and we loved the idea of him finally getting a move to the Premier League but for whatever reason yeah and it would be speculation of me to say He's not getting a run. He's not getting trusted in any type of a, a big game. Do I expect him to play against Toulouse? Yes. Fully expect him to play on Thursday. 
But I also thought it would have been a good opportunity to play him yesterday in the Merseyside derby and rest Alexis. But it didn't happen. And it's those type of little things that just make me think, is Klopp unsure? Or is this a case like Andy Robertson and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain before of Klopp just taking his time before he really unleashes a player? Because if you remember with Robbo in particular, it was a long time before we seen Andy Robertson really become a mainstay of the Liverpool team. And when Jurgen Klopp did introduce him, he hit the ground running and he was spot on. So I don't know which one of those it is, mate. I don't. But what I do know is weeks are going by and we still don't have a solution. And we're having to shoehorn Alexis McAllister into a position where we're not getting the best out of him. He's probably not getting the plaudits for what he's capable of because he's a little deeper than he'd like to be. So it's a good question. Uh, thank you for the super chat, Brian. But I'd love to know what you think. Would there still be Anfield Agenda? 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Anfield agenda going nowhere. This is my career. This is... Uh, no, there's no um, there's no chance of Anfield agenda changing no matter where I am. That's 100%. Right, so I asked you, is Saka a realistic salary replacement? And 75% of you guys said no. So common sense prevailed. But yeah, look, you guys don't have to worry about... Not that it's, you know, lose any sleep. But you don't have to worry about Anfield Agenda. I'm committed to this. I'm committed to you guys. I'm committed to Connor and Ben and their livelihoods. This is this is my baby. This is Connor's baby. We're not going anywhere. Except, hopefully, to the top. That's the plan. For the first time ever, I'm actually starting to think maybe a million's not out of the realistic realm for us in the long term. Maybe three, four, five years down the line, Anfield Agenda could get that gold plaque. Because, uh... I've looked around, I've looked at other channels, they do great work, but I think we can compete. Uh, hey Craig, as a replacement for Salah, why don't we get... I, I mean, you're just giving me a name of somebody who I've never fucking heard of. From Wellington Phoenix. I mean, that's the most random, you found somebody and got excited about type of comment ever dude do you honestly think i have or anybody in this chat has any idea who oscar zawanda from wellington phoenix is and also do you think he's going to be good enough to go from wellington phoenix to challenger for the premier league title um i mean i love your knowledge of football I, definitely well in fair play but it's um i don't think so mate um but yeah, well in, well in for you, by the way. I mean, I wish I had that um, that depth of knowledge on, on players and random leagues and stuff. But uh, no disrespect meant to you at all, but it's just not realistic. I do, I'm from New Zealand. And do you know what? I won't say to you I haven't watched Wellington Phoenix because there's been times when I've been betting where I have watched live streams of some of the games. Uh, Brian Danielson, and again, thank you for your super chat, my friend, said, that's pretty much what I was thinking. I think he's not there yet. Takes time. I still think he's got to play some matches outside the Premier League, but thanks for the thoughtful response. Ah, buddy, thank you for raising a very good topic of conversation. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy it. Like These shows I want you guys to lead. I want you to tell me what you want to talk about. I'm here to be educated as well. 
why would he step down from Wellington Phoenix to Liverpool? I mean, there is that, Alex. You know, he'd probably have to take a huge pay cut and, um, you know, give up that baller lifestyle in Wellington to come to play in the Premier League. It's a fair point. Oh, and he's 27 as well, is he? I, so it's not just so we've got now... We've got a 27-year-old randomly playing for Wellington Phoenix. I, I thought I was expecting this kid to be 17 or 18 and lighten up the league scoring 15 every month. <laughs> 27. Uh, do you still have a cheeky bet nowadays? Very rare. Not on football. Do you know what? Actually, not on football. I tend to just have a little punt at the weekends on NFL, really, these days. Because... I bought a new car, as you know, and I that's my priority, you know, making sure we pay back that car, making sure that my family's all right. So I don't have the expendable income to, to, to waste on betting anymore. So I just do a little few small ones around the NFL. Do you think Sancho will be worth a punt for Liverpool? Not now. Previously, before, before he came to United, I think most of us probably would have said worth a go. But I've learned a lot about Sancho and I don't want to say the, the problematic side of him because that's unfair to Jaden Sancho but you know the stuff came out about when he was at Dortmund as well that Dortmund were had issues around his timekeeping apparently that he was often online playing computer games really late into the night and getting up for training and not getting the sleep that he needed to and then of course he's gone to Manchester United and I don't know what the full extent of what's happened between himself and Eric Ten Hag but what I do know is it's a crying shame that a guy with the talents that he has we're not seen on a football pitch and we're not seen doing what he's capable of doing which is playing football to a very very high level don't knock it, Craig. Remember Sean Dundee? He, unfortunately, I do. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I do. Although, for every Sean Dundee, I guess, there's a Gary McAllister, isn't there? Would I get Sancho? Why would you get Sancho? No, exactly, wouldn't. It does look like, though, his, his race has run at Manchester United. You know, everything that I've seen in the newspapers over the past couple of weeks have said, even with an apology to Eric Ten Hag, he's out the door in January. Have you been following the Cricket World Cup? Um, yes and no. Have I watched it? No. But I have read about some of the shocks. The Netherlands, as an example, they beat somebody. Afghanistan, I think, beat somebody as well recently. So I have seen the upsets, but no, I haven't really watched much of it. Story with Oshiman. Tell me you're Irish without telling me you're Irish, Tony. I love it. Sto that's that's a, such an Irish thing. Not what is or story with Oshiman. Oh, I know what you mean, bud. I'm here for it. Um, the story is that there's been a lot of stuff coming out of the Napoli side that he won't sign the new deal with Napoli. And there's been two or three different outlets that have reported a very strong interest from Liverpool. Some of them have gone as far, Tony, as to say that uh, there's an agreement on wages and stuff like that between his agent and Liverpool. Nobody has said that there's an agreement between the clubs or anything close to it. But it's it's an intriguing one. You know, not sure where I land on the probability of it. Um, but it is possible if, and of course, everything's caveated by if we lose Mohamed Salah. And I think all of our preferences is to keep Salah. 
Uh, Callum, thank you for the super chat. You retracted the message. I don't know what it says, but thank you, buddy. Afghanistan beat England in cricket as well. There you go. Um, and England, if I'm right, England defend them world champions, right? For the one-day uh, game. Or is it T20? Either way, England are defending champions in that World Cup, right? If you were a manager in a press conference, would you call out Man City's charges? Um, would I? Yes, I would. And I'm not just giving it to Biggin and saying, yes, I would. I don't think I'd be able to help myself. I think I would do it and fully expect to get into trouble for it. But I don't, I think it would drive me demented. I think coming into work every day, if I was Liverpool's manager, striving to build a team, to build a legacy, to deliver for the Liverpool fans, and seeing shenanigans, I don't think I could. I don't think I could help myself. Uh, how much of a fee would it take to sign Oshman from Napoli next summer, since he will be in the last year of his contract? Good question. Um, as you've said, his contract's up in 2025, so at the end of this season, he'd have one year to go. Um, I I wouldn't expect De Laurentiis to really think he's going to take a hit on the valuation. Mm, 100 million euro, perhaps, which is about, what, 85 million pound? Maybe less? I don't know. Depends... It depends how open to the negotiation De Laurentiis was, and I guess it depends on the player as well. Uh, sorry, made an embarrassing spelling error. What do you think the people who thought Canade should have been sent off? Right, I guess I have to address this. And I did address it in a video that is going to be coming out tomorrow. He should have been sent off. That's my opinion. He should have been sent off. If we want to have credibility as football fans... And we call out the stuff that goes against us. I think we have to be fair and look at the situation. We got away with one. We did. We got away with one. Jürgen said it. I agree. I think most pundits have looked at it. We got away with one. And what I wonder is, were we in Craig Parsons' head? And by we, I mean, was the uproar over the PGMOL stuff and Diaz goal being ruled out and the... McAllister red card and the Jones red card and the Jota red card and all this other stuff that's been going over and over and over in the media been driven by people like us who just won't let it go I wonder did that get into Craig Pawson's head and I wonder did he just think to himself oh no 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 I don't know I don't, Craig Pawson's the only person that'll know the answer to that question but we got away with one let's let's be frank and again I, I felt it was really unfair yesterday that um, when Craig Pawson went to the monitor to look at the handball, which was a handball all day long and a penalty every day of the week, that he was seeing, again, still image, ball hitting the hand, and then slow motion, slow motion, slow motion. Again, protocols say that the only time slow motion replays are supposed to be used in VAR is if you need to decide if a foul or a handball was right on the edge of a penalty area. Was it inside or outside? Then I understand them using slow motion. When the ball leaves an attacking player's foot when he plays a forward pass before a goal, then you can understand slow motion and trying to find the precise frame of when the ball leaves the player's foot. But in these incidents, be it a handball, a foul in the penalty area, a red card tackle, you don't need slow motion. If you need slow motion, you're looking 
for something. If you can't see it in real time with your normal eye, then you're really just looking for something. And nobody can say that when a referee goes to a monitor, whether it was for Curtis Jones' red card, whether it was for yesterday Everton's penalty, that they aren't making up the referee's mind for him when they show them the still image of the worst part of the incident. It's implanting a decision in his head before he even starts the thought process. So I don't like it. And I think it needs to be called out more. Uh, Engen said, Kanata should have been sent off. No question. Absolutely, said Phil Connors. First yellow was very soft, but second non-yellow is always a yellow, said Caden. 100%, but the contact was minimal and the striker overreacted. Um, look, I think we put that in the column of we got away with one. That's That's my take on it. Uh, we did get away with one, but definitely deserved the rub of the green after all the shenanigans. I mean, I'm with you on that, James. I'm definitely with you on that, mate. Uh, we definitely deserve something to go away. And look, just like we said when we were harshly done by VAR, who knows what way that game goes. I fully believe in my heart of hearts we still beat Everton 10 on 10. No problem. Um, so we don't know. We'll never know what way the game would have gone or may not have gone, but... I was more concerned, if I'm being honest with you, with how we struggled to break down Everton when they went to 10. Um, there was a few things yesterday that I didn't notice, but when I watched back and seen other people's reactions, like the change Pep Linders uh, gave to Jurgen Klopp about Diaz becoming basically an attacking wing-back yesterday to try and overload. But one of, the, one of the, my bones of contention yesterday was we didn't make the pitch wide enough. We didn't have Mohamed Salah hugging the touchline and Diaz hugging the other touchline. Because if you do that in a game when you're playing defence against attack, when you're playing 10 against 11, you have one of two things happen. If you've got Diaz wide here and Salah wide here, what has to happen? The Everton defenders and midfielders either have to stay uh, compact and defend deep or they have to commit men out to cover these. Most of the time, they'll stay, they'll stay narrow and give you the wide areas. I don't think we did enough of that yesterday. I don't think we tried to create enough overloads. I don't think we moved the ball from side to side quick enough. Let me give you an example of what I think we should have done. Arsenal's second goal yesterday against Chelsea, the goal from Leandro Trossard, they're the type of things you should be looking to do when you're playing against a deep-lying defence. The Kevin De Bruyne-type crosses, those balls late to the far post. I didn't see enough of that yesterday, and that was what frustrated me more than anything is that we never really looked overly likely against 10. And it kind of took me back to those days where we were playing low blocks and struggling week after week after week. Um, that was concerning to me yesterday. I don't know how you guys felt about it. Uh, but you know what? I made my mind up after Spurs. I don't care what we get away with now because no, everybody laughed at us when we called out a mistake. That's natural, Canters. I totally understand you. But for me, in my position... If I, if I want anybody in the greater footballing world to come on board with what I've been saying about the standard of officiating, the lack of consistency, it's really important that we remove the tribal nature of the conversations. Because what happens week in and week out is if Liverpool gets shafted and we're the ones complaining about it, or United gets shafted and it's United fans claiming or crying about it and Arsenal fans and they're... 
it becomes very easy for the PGMOL to move on to the next incident. Because if you're annoying one club, you know, you've got 19 other clubs who don't care. But if we can try to get people, fans, to come together and speak out in unison about wanting real change to the consistency of the decision-making and to the standard of officiating, we need to remove the tribal stuff. And sometimes I feel like I'm pissing into the wind when I say these things because I've been going on about the same stuff for years. And as you said, mate, we're often met with cry more or always moaning or something along those lines. But we need to come together if we are to really try and force change. We need to drop the tribal stuff because the more we do it week by week, club by club, the more emboldened I think these referees in the PGMOL will become because they know that they're only pissing off one club at a time and that the next incident will come and it'll all blow over and rinse and repeat. We need to speak up together. How we do that, I don't know. I'm not clever enough to figure that out. Uh, hi Craig, love your content and commentary. Happy Salah got two goals, still breaking records. What a beast. Glad to uh, bag three points. Uh, title race is on. Oh, it's on. It's on. I recorded a video today that's gone out on Top of the League tomorrow. Uh, and if you haven't subscribed to Top of the League, really, please do. I think you're going to really enjoy what we have coming up on there. We're doing a watch along tomorrow, the Spurs-Fulham game. There's a video coming out that I recorded tonight, but we're waiting to put it out till tomorrow. When it's Liverpool are going to win the Premier League, change my mind. And I spend eight minutes telling you why I think we are the best placed team this season to win the Premier League and ask people to let me know if they agree or disagree. Um, so if you can, please do either scan the QR code on the bottom corner of the screen there now, or one of the mods will hopefully put in the link to top of the league for me and I'll pin it to the top of the chat and you can really quickly go across and hit the subscribe button because we have a lot of belief in this second channel and what we're trying to do. Um, some of the stuff I can't tell you about yet because it's sensitive. Some of it we're still working on, but I'm go we're going to have fun with top of the league and uh, we will hope you guys continue to come on the journey with us and enjoy it. Did I watch the rugby? I did and... England were the better team, you know. South Africa are a better team, but yesterday England were the better team. And you, you look at it two ways. One, heartbreak for England. But two, the balls on them South Africans to, to come back into that game um, when, they were, when they were down with 20 minutes to go, needing a try and a penalty. Uh, so you've got to give them immense credit because... Even in the, one of the worst performances, they got over the line and got the job done. But I, I can't sit here and say England didn't deserve to win that game because I think they did. Uh, there's a second channel. What do you cover on the second channel? We cover other Premier League games. We cover Champions League games. We make opinion videos. We do reaction videos. It's only about a month old. You know, we're only, we're only just going on top of the league uh, a little while now. So... Oh, there's the link. Thank you, Mark. I'm going to pin that to the top of the chat. Uh, where is it? Pin it. There we go. So, yeah, if you do want to have a look at the top of the chat now, and you should see a link for Top of the League, and hopefully you can hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you there for other bits of content. Arsenal looks shaky. Cole Palmer random ragged, said John Williams. Yeah, he played well, Cole Palmer. Um, he did play well. Uh, but 
what do you guys think of that game yesterday, actually, this, the Chelsea-Arsenal game? What did you take from it with regards to your opinion on both teams? You know, Did it show Arsenal up to be real title contenders? Did it show Chelsea up to be uh, a proper team in the making who just need a bit more consistency? Opinions on Berbatov. I mean, Berbatov, like, that used to play for Spurs and United, Berbatov, uh, was very good at scoring goals. Um, frustrating at times. Didn't seem like he wanted to work too hard, but had a great knack of being in the right place at the right time to score goals. Chelsea will help us win the league. I, I see where you're going with that, yeah. They will definitely take points off teams. Um and I thought Chelsea for long periods in that game were the better side yesterday. But Arsenal showed a bottle to come back. Right, I've got a few stats and a few bits and pieces from yesterday to run along for you guys. So right now Darwin Nunes tops the Premier League for goal contributions per 90 minutes this season. Uh if if we didn't have enough reasons to love Darwin, you know we've got some more. So Darwin has a goal and assist ratio of 1.44 every 90 minutes. Uh, ahead of Callum Wilson, who's in second place with 1.36. Mohamed Salah in third place with 1.19. So how sweet is that? We've got two forwards in the top three of the highest goal contributions per 90 minutes this season. I love that. Darwin and Salah. Then it's Isak, Haaland... Um, Huang Hee Chan, Ollie Watkins, Evan Ferguson, James Madison, Aweoni's in there as well. So that's a cool staff for Darwin. Virgil van Dyke, and this is why it's sometimes good to look at stats when you've watched the game. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. To, to see if the stats measure what you've seen with the eye test. Virgil van Dijk made five clearances and won 12 of his 17 duels, uh, neutering both Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Beto to keep Everton trapped in their own half, said David... Um, David... Who's it? David, David Lynch, sorry. David Lynch. Um, we've done that one already, so let me move on past that. Alison Becker has kept more Premier League clean sheets in 2023 than any other goalkeeper with 12 Premier League clean sheets. Again, just to reaffirm, if anybody had any doubt, we are looking at not only the best goalkeeper in the Premier League, but in my opinion, the best goalkeeper in world football in Alison Becker. 
Harvey Elliott had a 100% pass accuracy after he came on. I think it was 31 passes from 31 in his cameo appearance off the bench yesterday. Him and Darwin made a huge impact when they came on. Uh, Dominic Sobotsloy was speaking about holding the ball before Mohamed Salah's penalty. He said, I held the ball so nobody takes it and to protect the penalty spot, we are a team. So... Those of us who are a little bit older may remember as well, Fraser Forster stamping all over the penalty spot when he played for Southampton before James Milner took a penalty. So we see a lot more these days of a Premier League player grabbing the ball, necessarily not going to take the penalty, but standing on the penalty spot to protect it. And that's what he was doing before Mohamed Salah scored that penalty as well. Uh, I love the bromance, by the way, that's budding between those two. Uh, who Look, who doesn't love Dom? I mean, remember, when we signed him, lots of people saying you spent £60 million for a squad player from Leipzig. No, we didn't. We spent £60 million for probably the next De Bruyne slash Steven Gerrard, in my opinion. Big shoes, I know. Pedro Neto was great, but injury-prone, so not a player with uh, half games per season again, said John, or who will miss half the games per season again. Um, Arteta keeper clanger at Arsenal will cause havoc said John Williams yeah it's um, has there ever been a time where a manager has done that realistically gone between two keepers and it's worked out perfectly I, I think maybe at times a Barca Ter Stegen rotated a little bit but I can't really think of it ever really consistently working um, and there were clangers. There was more than one yesterday as well um, for Raya. Did you, by the way, did you hear Pochettino trying to convince the world that Mudrick meant that? No, he didn't. Look, doesn't take away from the fact that he scored, but you can see him looking up to see who to cross to before he mishit the ball. And the ball flew over Raya's head into the goal. So, fair play, scored it, but nah, no way did he mean that. Uh, Dom is the complete package, really is a gem, said James Lawler. Thoughts on Kwanzaa? Um, do you know what? I'm late to the party on Gerald Kwanzaa. I've said to you guys honestly for a long time that I don't keep up with the underage teams at Liverpool as much as I probably should because I don't have the time. So I, I, I didn't know how good a progression Gerald Kwanzaa had made. The first that I really started to understand how good this dude was was pre-season. When Jurgen start giving him games, and then he start playing him. Uh, when he brought him in in the game against Newcastle, when we were away from home and losing, I really that was it for me. That was the time I said to myself, definitely, he's ready. He's got it. He's got what it takes. And um, that's to his testament, to Jurgen's testament, and of course to those in the underage uh, coaches who helped his progression. He really does look like he could save us a few quid. New Zealand bet Ireland. Is this one week late fucking news, mate? Um, I mean, I'm well aware of that, that they beat us and deserve to beat us. I've no qualms about that. Fair play to New Zealand. But the point of your comment, Joy? Mate, I wish you all the best if you're New Zealand in the final as well. But do you think I'm not aware of it? Do I have a Mac? Yes, I do. I have an iMac, mate. Uh, most creative people that I know use Macs for their work because I just find the whole 
uh, ecosystem of, of Apple much easier. And when you're an idiot like me, you need every little advantage you can get. You Apple. Well, you know what my computer doesn't do? Update every five minutes when I try to turn it on and off. Don't get any viruses on it either. There's It's so much better. And there's a reason why people who make uh, any type of creative stuff use Macs. Because that's just better for what we need to do. Andy Robertson out till January. Well, 10 to 12 weeks, yeah. See this... I think this 10 to 12 week period will be the making or breaking of the title challenge. How we react and cope without Andy Robertson over the next three to, yeah, over the next three or so months could will be the difference. If we can find a balance, if Costas can step up, if Gomez can come across and provide cover, if Luke Chambers or one of the other young lads can, Scanlon can step up, then yeah, maybe we, we find a way through, but Excuse me. It's no doubt that it's a huge loss for us to not have Robertson. Do I like the prime drink? I've never tasted it. Um, I don't drink those type of drinks. My um, my little dude has had the bottles. He has he's tried every flavor of them, but not my cup of tea. I mean, I don't drink those. I don't drink energy drinks. Um, so yeah, not for me. And they're overpriced as fuck as well. All of them. I'm not talking about prime. I mean all those type of drinks. Right, I'm trying to get through some Can Joe Gomez play left back being right footed? Yes, he can. Jurgen's already spoken about uh, Joe being an option to provide cover on the left hand side. Somebody asked me, could I go back to over Oshiman? I will. Just give me a couple of minutes. I'm going to stay on for a bit longer tonight if you guys want to stay on because I'm in really good mood today and I'm enjoying the stream and I love chatting with you guys. So I'm uh, I'm comfortable if we want to carry on. You have kids. Oh, I do, yes. I have two. I have a 19-year-old daughter. Her name is Circle Louise. Um, she's just finished year one of college. Um, I have an 11-year-old son called Lucas, like myself. He's on the autism spectrum. And he's, uh, he's a little hero. He's um, I, I think I'm humorous and funny, but this dude... like, I'm, I've never been more proud than when he absolutely rinses me. And... Um, yeah, he's brilliant. And he's so clever. So, so clever. So, yeah, he's 11. And um, they're my two kids. Do you think we will see Thiago this season? Yes. Um, I do, but not for a while. Um, wait, you are autistic. I am, yes. I, I've Asperger's, to be, to, to be specific. Um, and I only found out when I was 35, 36. And around the same time my son got his diagnosis, um, I got my diagnosis separately. And um, it explained a lot for me because I spent my entire life feeling a little bit different. Um, and mimicking and watching and learning behavior. Like, you know I'm outspoken, right? That's not because I'm an asshole or... It's just because that's my natural reaction is to just say these things that I want to say. I can't, I struggle for years and years and years to find like things were black and white to me, you know, something either was or it wasn't, something was right or it was wrong. I had to learn to understand the gray areas or the, 
intricacies of people's decision making. I was always very blunt and like things are one thing or they're not. So yeah, when I learned about it, it um it was a it was a huge help because it made me know that the anxiety that I've always had my entire life was not because of a traumatic experience on its own or anything like that. It was just because it's part of who I am. It's how I'm wired and it's what makes me me. So I, I never use it to justify or change anything. I don't use it as an excuse. I don't use it as a, a crutch or an aid. It, it's just me. Um, and I'm really high functioning, like pretty, pretty high functioning. It's, uh, yeah, it's the ABCs of me. Are those real tattoos? Yes, yes, mate. Of course they are. This is a full sleeve. Um, this one, I need to get, it's, I have, see, I have a cover up I need to get done there. So it stops to there. But yes, they are real tattoos, but. Uh, Craig, you inspire me. I'm autistic and 14. Look, none of these things define us. Never use any any of our like i'd never ever consider using autism as an excuse for anything or it just helped me understand who i am and my son is the same my son is extremely clever and he's verbal which is a, which is i know we know people who are have kids who are autistic and have been in lucas's class and, so, and some of them don't even speak some of them are non-verbal and uh, some of them are very some kids are very or some autistic people are very i mean so wide ranging like Lucas is amazing. He's articulate, he's intelligent, he's funny, he's warm, he's kind. He's everything you would want in a child and I couldn't be more proud of him. And I know that he will never use anything as an excuse either because he knows it's just who he is. What do you think of the Musiala rumours? Um, I don't see it. I think it again strikes me as a situation where he's trying to get a new deal at Bayern because he's two and a half years to go. I'm sure his agent has looked at Jude Bellingham's progression and the money he's making at Real Madrid and he knows that the next most talented young midfielder in Europe could well be Jamal Musiala or he's certainly in that conversation. And he probably wants to ensure that if Bayern are going to build a team around Jamal Musiala, which I think they will try to do because he's a German international and they want to keep that German talent in Bavaria, in this case, in Germany. And I just see it as a mangling for a better deal. And I don't think Bayern would have any interest to sell. Uh, John, but look, as a Liverpool fan or any team, you do want to see your players linked with the best, your club linked with the best players because... We should be, but I just don't think there's nothing to it. Uh, John Conway, thank you, mate, for gifting five memberships. That's very kind of you. Justin said, I'm autistic as well. That won't stop me doing the things I love. Nor should it, buddy. Nor should it. There's, you will have your own strengths of character and your own traits that will lend itself to you excelling in certain areas. And it's about leaning into them and finding the things that inspire you and the things that interest you and, and chasing after it. And I'm sure that you will. Does Lucas like football? No, not really. He's a gamer. He's a, he's a gamer through and through. All his spare time, when he's not out playing with, with the kids at the front or whatever, he's a gamer. He's, 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 he's being prepped 
for being a streamer already. You can hear him commenting on his own gameplay and stuff upstairs. He's uh, yep, he's he's uh, a little me in training. Polo Vivio or BMW? Well, I had a I had a Vivio. I don't know what the Vivo is. Um, I, I look. I, I don't know the question. Sorry, you've confused me with the question. Right, so I did say I go back over the Oshiman stuff for those who were coming in a bit late. So let me just get my notes open again. One sec. Boom. boom, boom. Oh, oh, it's magic, you know. Right. So the latest instalment of the Victor Oshiman link to Liverpool is that Walter DiMaggio, who is director of Kiss Kiss Napoli, has said that Liverpool have a strong, strong interest. So he was speaking, he said, there's strong, strong interest in Victor Oshiman from Liverpool. Then we will need to understand if the Reds will pull pressure on Oshiman's agent, whether his deal's renewed or not. In recent days, a boy from the Primavera team scored a sensational goal in a practice match against the first team. Applause from Garcia and Grava. De Laurentiis inquired about this very young centre-forward called Vigliotti, who, among other things, is the nephew of our Gianluca. So, there you go. That's that's one of the stories that came out today. And it coincides with other stories coming out from the Naples side that say uh, that Oshiman and his agent have held conversations with Liverpool. And some of them go as far as to say they've agreed a package and then nothing's been agreed with Napoli and nobody's ever claimed that. Actually, Connor sent me the most stupid thing I've ever seen. Um, I'm going to try and grab it up here. So, Fox Soccer in the United States. I'm not sure if you guys have seen this. But they uh, they did a post for AC Milan versus Juventus. And they said, will we see all four Americans starting on Sunday in the game between Milan and Juventus? Uh, Juventus, of course, um, arch rivals with AC Milan, but they included Rome in the background of their thumbnail, and neither Milan nor Juventus are in Rome, but yet there they have the Colosseum of Rome in the background with the four American players. Um, I, I don't know. Be better. Just be better. You know, these are multi, multi billion pound operations and nobody pulled them up on the fact that there's nothing um ac milan versus juventus about showing a backdrop of rome uh craig i'm not the first person to mention this this week but you've lost a fair bit of weight in my opinion <laughs> i said this to my wife last night i don't know if i have or haven't but I often wonder, is it because you see me in hoodies a lot of the time and I love loose, baggy, overfitting hoodies. So sometimes maybe if I'm wearing a t-shirt or a polo shirt, it's probably more realistic. I am fat. There is no denying that. I need to lose a lot of weight. So if I am looking a little bit healthier, brilliant. I'll take it. Thank you. But I don't know is the honest answer. Can Man City win the Premier League? Of course they can. They'll be there or thereabouts. Um, I think it'll come down to Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool. One of those three. I back air boys. Spurs, of course, can go top of the Premier League tomorrow night if they beat Fulham. Uh, I still think they're one or two injuries away from the wheels coming off a title challenge. But how good is it 
that we could be looking down the barrel of a proper title race in the Premier League this year. You know, have we ever had a real multi-team title race in the last 10 years? Real, like, really close battling for the league. I don't know if we have. I can't think of one. <clears throat> I can think of... Uh, yeah, I can think of real two-team battles, of course. There's been plenty of them, but it'd be lovely, wouldn't it, to have three or four teams really fighting for the Premier League title going all the way to the, the latter part of the season. It'd be great for the product that is the Premier League as well. Do you think we should sign a left-back? Long-term, yes. Unless, of course, somebody like Lou Chambers or... Scanlon or somebody else is ready to make the step up and I don't know the answer to that but I wouldn't sign one just because Robbo got injured but you know Robbo's heading for 30 years of age and I guess the question is going to be is Costas ever going to become the left back and I guess we'll get a better flavor of that over the next 8 to 10 weeks or maybe 10 to 12 weeks and Nomad said, for the sake of the league, we need a proper race. We do, definitely. It'd be great, though. Like, when we won the Premier League title, it was brilliant. It wasn't as good as it should have been because of COVID and lack of celebrations and all, but we did it at a canter. And, you know, we, we, we ran away with it for a long period of time. And same with Manchester City and numerous title races, only for the ones we've gone against them where they've beaten us by a point. So yeah, it'd be lovely to, to see three, four clubs really still involved in a title race as we head into March and April. Uh, 2016 had three teams going for it. Spurs one of them? Because I remember Spurs were doing well and then they fell apart. Was that when Leicester won it? I can't remember who won the league in 2016 off the top of my head. Do I prefer Maka or Endo as the six? Don't know the answer to that because I don't have a big enough sample size of Endo in the higher level games. Which is part of the problem, I guess. Oh, it was the year Leicester won it. Yeah, yeah. So I remember Spurs and Arsenal, I think, were in their title race as well, if I'm not mistaken. The year Leicester won it. We can't have a one-team league like France and Germany. And that, again, Adam, has been part of my protestations over this um, whole Manchester City stuff. We do not want the Premier League becoming a Bundesliga or a Serie A at times where Juventus just canter to victories or where Celtic or Rangers up in Scotland have won multiples in a row or in Spain where Real Madrid or Barca are always... We, we want the Premier League to be a competitive product. We, we want it to continue to be the most watched league in the world so when you have manchester city 115 charges abu dhabi fc creative accountancy we've absolutely done nothing wrong doing their thing and seemingly getting away with it for four and a half years now before we have a resolution and you see the betting stuff that started to creep in and players being exposed as having uh, plays wagers on it and then you've got the whole Newcastle Saudi takeover and this and then Todd Bowley and his never-ending transfer fees at some point somebody's gonna have to go is this a good look for the league is all this what we really really want for the league and the answer has to be no now I'm not trying to say that 
any of these clubs outside of potentially Manchester City, in my opinion, and maybe Bowley, are um, pulling the wool over people's eyes. But what I'm saying is there could have been decisions made that would have prevented this from happening. I don't like that we ever open the door to state ownership in the Premier League. I don't like it one bit because, as I've said many times, when you're going up against a country's wealth, they don't need to worry about the jeopardy of the business breaking even or making money. They can continue to sustain those losses forever because you're talking about the GDP of a state. They don't need to worry about turning over a profit or breaking even. And for a lot of these, it's not about the sporting project. It's about highlighting their country. It's about um, putting their country's name in people's minds in a positive way. And I don't like that. Because it's not what football is supposed to be about. Football and sport should not cross over. And whether we want to admit this or not, it is. Look at the decision for the Qatar World Cup. It is horseshit of the highest. Now, Qatar did a very good job hosting the World Cup. But they won the World Cup under the pretense that it was going to be a summer tournament. It wasn't. It was changed. Now look at the stuff with Saudi Arabia and their proposed bid for the World Cup in 20... I think it's 34 or 2030, I'm not sure which one of the, the years they're going for. We've already seen FIFA kind of push together two World Cups now in the next one that's coming up where we'll have, not the one in America, sorry, the one that's coming up after that, where we'll have um, some games played in South America and then over to Spain, is it Spain and Portugal or some Portugal, Morocco or other, con- three continents anyway. For different games in a World Cup. And they've done that because they've tried to speed up the process. Of making Saudi Arabia able to have a World Cup. So one tournament was supposed to be in South America. One tournament was supposed to be in Europe. They've bastardized those two. Pushed them together. And basically freed up a slot. To push forward the Saudi Arabian bid. For uh, four years. Why do you think that is? Do you think that that's because of sporting reasons? Or is there perhaps greater things at work from a political perspective or from um, a geopolitical aspect? The answer is, it fucking very much is. It very, very much is. And it's grubby, and I don't like it. I don't like our sport being grubby. I don't like people looking out for themselves. I don't like people who are supposed to be custodians of the game. They hide behind this bullshit of, oh, we're doing it to grow the game around the world. No, you're not. You absolutely are not doing it to grow the game around the world. You're doing it to suit your own sense of narrative, your own self of self-importance. You're doing it to line your own pockets. And to, like, again, look at the World Cup. Budweiser, as an example, pay a lot of money to FIFA to be the uh, beverage, the alcoholic beverage of the World Cup. And even they, in the Qatar World Cup, were told that they would be able to sell beer, alcoholic beer, inside match stadiums. Until very close to the tournament, when all of a sudden, they weren't, and they were only allowed to sell non-alcoholic beer inside. Again, why do you think that happened? Because of political, geopolitical pressure. Of course, you will talk about religion, and I understand that it's a dry country. But you bid for the World Cup, and agreed to one thing, and then changed it. And I don't like that. So that's my take on it all. Who's looking out for the sport?
why is Newcastle your second Premier League club? It's not. I don't have a second Premier League club. I think what you're asking me is, when I was asked before, if Liverpool didn't exist, who would I support? I said, most likely it would be Newcastle because I... I can see a lot of similar traits in myself and Geordie's and things that I like about people and a group of people that I think have a good outlook on life. I like the Geordie's, I like them as people. So that was the answer. But it was always in the context of if Liverpool didn't exist, which it very much does. And it was also before the takeover. So, yeah, that's the answer. I uh, love your vids and the dedication to these live streams every day. It, it's honestly, mate, it's a pleasure. You know, the dedication, I think, comes from you guys. Um, Yeah, the dedication from you guys coming and listening to me ramble on and, and, you know, giving me your perspectives and giving me your thoughts on things that have happened. So, you know, it's it's never anything other than a pleasure, mate. Uh, Fabrizio just dropped the video right now with Oshiman and Liverpool. Oh, so Fabrizio says it and everybody be running around going, Oh my God! Oh my God! Craig says it, banging on about it before anybody, and then it's tumbleweed. But if Fabrizio talks about it, all of a sudden it's realistic and people start listening. Hmm. Okie doke. Noted. But you guys know. You, you guys remember who's first in some of these things. I've I think I've proved my um, acumen over the years. And I'm somebody that doesn't always know what's going on. I don't. Most of the time I don't. But occasionally you get bits and pieces. Now I don't know. He will definitely know more about the Oshman thing than me. 100%. I'm relying off stuff that's coming out publicly in Italy. But uh, it's good. I'm, I'd be interested to see what he has to say about it. Uh, don't be modest man. We love the channel and the work you do. I'm not... I don't know if it's an Irish thing. We're not good at taking compliments. You know, if you say to me, oh, that's a nice t-shirt or something, I go, ah, sure, it was only whatever I bought it in the sale. Or I don't know if it's an Irish trait, but we're not we're not braggadocious people. Um, I know I'm good at this. I, I've said it a long time. I'm better than Goldbridge. I'm better than most of the people that do this. I just am. It's not a debate in my head. I may never get the numbers. I may never reach the heights that they've achieved. But it's not because they're better than me. It's because of other factors, as well as their own hard work and dedication. So I'm aware I'm good at what I do. I just don't feel the need to go on about it because I don't really give it too much thought. I just hope that people enjoy what we do and um, keep showing up. And work. I want to work hard to make sure that you guys know that we're trying our best to keep things moving along and because we appreciate your support. I'm well aware what side my bread's buttered on. You know, you guys are my priority, always. Conor McGregor doesn't brag. So every so often, you get somebody like a Conor McGregor and that's why a lot of people like me go along for that ride with Conor McGregor because I love, finally, you see... Like, Roy Keane was another good example of this. Roy Keane finally said, no, no, this shit about Ireland being, you know, good losers and stuff needs to stop. We need to sometimes be, don't be afraid to say, we're pretty good at what we do here, or I'm really good at this. And when you've got somebody like Keane or McGregor, 
brilliant. You know, sometimes you need that. Sometimes we need to remind the world that Ireland's all right. You know, we can produce the likes of a Katie Taylor or a superstars every occasion. And sometimes they like to show from the rooftops. Uh, hey, big cutie. Ooh, hello. Uh, sorry I'm late. Had a football match. Two goals and one assist. Oh, look at, look at this. Uh, we're going to call you Mohamed Malouf now or Colin Salah because of those numbers, mate. The thought of Oshiman makes me so excited and I think is the best Mo replacement. Uh, that's just me in general. We're not good at accepting compliments, said Nomad. Yeah, or not because... The reason I'm not good at accepting stuff is because a lot of the time I don't agree with it. So sometimes I'm uh, naive to why people watch. And so, like, I'm well aware that I can be charming. I'm well aware that I can carry a sentence and I can talk. But I, I still never understand why people tune in to watch. I've never got that part of it. Uh, will you watch the new Martin Scorsese film? I love you said film, by the way, Sean Luke. I love that. Very Irish. Um, probably. I didn't watch The Irishman. I didn't watch that film because I didn't... The reviews of it didn't make me want to watch it. But I probably will because I'm a big fan of Martin Scorsese's work. What do I think about Bellingham? <laughs> Don't do it to me, Big Dave. I think Bellingham has shown exactly why I wanted Bellingham. And... Why I never understood people saying that he was overhyped and that he was not as good as being made. Jude Bellingham was brilliant. And he's already shown that at Real Madrid now with the level of performances he's putting in. So, yeah, that one still hurts. Can you please do a watch along of the FAI Cup final? When is it on? I know Bows are in it because Ella made sure she told me yesterday. Why isn't Trent playing in midfield? He kind of is, though. Like, if you look at where Trent receives the ball most of the time and plays, it is in central midfield. Um, as soon as we get into possession, he moves in and takes up a central position and looks for the ball, almost like a quarterback. For me, I watch because I feel at home here and have a lot of depression and backstabbing from friends and family. And here I have a home and I look up to you and I feel value to the channel. So, <clears throat> a lot of that rings true to me. I started... Okay, um, story time. I started on Twitter because I was lonely. I, I don't go out much. I stay at home. I... I don't go to the pub, I don't meet up with male friends and so I just I do me and stay with my family and that's my life. So I started Twitter, I don't know how many years ago at this point, to reach out to Liverpool fans to try and get some I guess friendship is probably the right word. And I did it under a false name. I, I went under Cop Jaffer, K-O-P-J-A-F-F-E-R. That was my old my first one. And I think I've told some of you this story. I then Applied for a writing position on Anfield Index and shout out to Gags and Nina and the team at Anfield Index. Um, and I got a, a job, not a job, I got a role 
writing articles and I'd never written anything before because I'm not a very uh, good writer but I'm, I'm fairly confident in my football opinion so I start writing a few articles and those articles were received okay I wasn't getting slaughtered I wasn't getting called an asshole around people seemed to be all right with them and then one day um gag said to me we do a writer's podcast where people arrive for Anfield Index and discuss stories and stuff. Would you want to go on and do one? And I thought, very scared about it, very nervous about it. But I said, yeah, go on then, sure, I'll do it. And I remember Nina Kowser was, was the producer of that podcast. And I, I was in the bathroom throwing up before the first podcast because I was bagging nerves and Nina was brilliant she she really calmed me down and talked me through it and we did the podcast anyway and I carried on and I did a few more of those podcasts and as much as I enjoyed them and this is the real shithouse in me coming out everybody was agreeing with everybody and it just felt I just felt like I wanted to push more buttons I wanted to push back on things and I also wanted to, to build my own thing. So I was taught how to record a podcast uh, by Nish from the LFC coach. And Nish showed me how to edit a podcast and stuff. So I learned that trade and then I started my own podcast. Podcasts come and gone. People came and went. Fallouts happened. We all blah, blah, blah. And then in comes Connor. And Connor was initially helping me with artwork for a podcast. And then the podcasts are great. People don't see who you are. You know, when you're self-conscious like me and you're fat and you're worried about your weight and how you look, podcasts are cool because people don't see you. People just hear your voice. But there's another part of you that doesn't get um, feedback from a podcast. You know, you can't see how people react in real time. You can see statistics. You can see where people are listening from and all that stuff. But ultimately, you don't know. So Connor said to me, start a YouTube channel. And I said, no, I'm 30, what are we, I'm 35, 36. I'm too old and I don't watch YouTube, Connor. So I've no idea what a football YouTuber does. I'd seen clips of AFTV. I'd seen clips of Goldbridge. I'd seen clips of, you know, True Geordie and a few others. But I didn't know what football YouTube was. So I said, okay, we'll give it a try. And we started doing live streams. And the live streams used to be three, three and a half, four hours long at times. And I did what came natural to me, which was just talk to people that came in. Because I had nothing else to, like I was, I didn't prepare anything. I just waited for people to come in and I spoke. And we chatted and we came back and forth. And it started to grow and grow. And people have come and gone. But I knew how it made me feel. It made me feel proud. It made me feel like I could achieve something. For the first time in my adult life, it made me feel like there was a chance for me to maybe change my family's life if I worked hard enough. Um, And I did. And I've worked really hard at it. And Connor's been a great help. And so have you. And the 7-2 happened. And that 7-2 clip changed everything because it was picked up by magazines, radio stations. And from that moment on, the channel really snowballed into something and it, and it became a business eventually. And now I'm here and we employ people and we, you know, 
I bought my first new car with my wife. I have a chance to maybe buy my home someday. And that's my journey to this point. It's, it's all been about wanting human interaction, wanting to continuously challenge myself and wanting to show my kids that despite all the setbacks we'd had with my parents, you know, my mum taking her own life, my dad drinking himself to death and some other really, really dark stuff that happened in my life that I wasn't going to give up because they didn't give up on me. My wife didn't give up and no matter what happened, she was there and I wanted to just build a better life for them. And you guys have given me that chance. So that's why I'm work so hard. That's why I check in when I'm on holidays. That's why I, because I'm insecure and I don't want it to go away because it's changed everything. So yeah, thank you. What do you think of Manuel Locatelli as a six? Um, I don't know. I haven't watched much of them, to be honest, mate. So, Fabrizio Romano has... We have a quote here from Fabrizio that said, Reports of Victor Rosham in agreeing contract terms at Liverpool are not true. He hasn't agreed anything with any club. It doesn't really give us an antidote to the interest, which I'd love to hear Fabrizio's thoughts on. Colin said he cried the day he was made a moderator. I never I never got the moderator thing. I never understood why people wanted more workload. <laughs> um, like people say, can I be moderator? Can I be moderator? I did, sometimes they'd be like, you understand what a pain in the arse that is for you? Because, you know, you don't just get to enjoy a stream. You've got to kind of fucking work. So, yeah, man, it's a pleasure. Of all the players that have played for Liverpool, who do you think would be the best person to replace Mohamed Salah? Oh, who has played for us? Oh, that is a great question. That's a great question. Of all the players that have played for Liverpool, who would be the one to replace Salah? I mean, if we're going inverted, Barnes. Barnes would be great. McManaman would be absolutely great as well. Um... That, that, you know what? That's one of the most creative questions I think I've been asked in a long time. Um, Dork Knight, thank you, mate. That's a, that's a belter. I'd say Barnes, maybe McManaman. I think one of those two initially will be where my head's at. Um, Suarez, he's central, though. You know, I, I want somebody who's going to cut inside and stuff, so I don't see Suarez as a central player. Shakiri, no, no, calm down. <laughs> I've dropped off my football and I've lost respect for my teammates. Got any tips for me to improve? I can't answer the respect for the teammates part because that's 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 a that's a bare minimum. You've got to all be in the same direction because it's a team sport. And I'm not saying you're wrong or they're right or vice versa. I don't know. But what I would say is if you're not comfortable in your environment or feeling like you're all pulling in the same direction, then you're probably not in the right environment. That's the only, I guess, insight I could give you. Sterling. Sterling would be all right, but I feel like we'd be frustrated. He's not going to do solid numbers. But look, I'm not going to say I didn't love Raheem Sterling at Liverpool. I did. 
Uh, Colin said, not sure. It makes me feel part of the channel and gives me some value. Dream of one day helping out with the channel in any way I can. Uh, other mods and fans. So what the next step for Anfield Agenda with regards to bringing anybody on board will probably be somebody to do social media for um, Top of the League, Anfield Agenda. That's probably, if we ever bring in anybody else in a paid role, I mean, that is probably going to be somebody for social media. Paul Kincheski. Oh, God, Paul Kincheski. What do you think the score will be on Thursday? I don't know much about Toulouse. In all honesty, Smokey, mate. I don't know much about Toulouse. So, you know, I expect a win because we're at home. Um, You know, a win. Two more wins and we're top in that group, I'd say. So, I expect a win, but I have no idea because I don't know much at all about Toulouse. Asaidi. Do you remember when we when we were signing Asaidi and Rogers came out with this... We're about to sign a player that Liverpool fans probably won't know but will absolutely love and he's a good fit and then we signed him and we're like, right, go on, go on then. It just didn't work out, did it? Do you think Carrius is a good goalkeeper in general? No, I don't. I don't think he has the concentration. They have got loads to lose. I love it. I love it. I love a cheesy joke, mate. Well in. Who was that? Um, Tejonix. <laughs> I love it, mate. Well in. Look, I'm going to call that a night, my friends, because I want to spend a bit of time with the, the missus and stuff before she goes to bed. But yeah, look, loads of fun. Appreciate you. Um, tomorrow, again, if you, want, if you can help me out, and subscribe to Top of the League. We'd really appreciate it. The link is at the top of the live chat there now. There's a news video up on Anfield Agenda tonight as well. About Jared Bowen. Uh, I have a piece recorded that's going to be going out tomorrow afternoon. About the Everton game. And the incidents around Canada and Sean Dyche. And the PGMOL and stuff. That's coming out. A video recorded for Top of the League. Uh, where I basically say. I think Liverpool are going to win the Premier League. Change my mind. That'll be coming out tomorrow. And of course we'll do a watch along of Spurs Fulham on top of the league tomorrow from half an hour before kickoff. So please do click that link or scan that QR code. Go across, subscribe to top of the league. And there's 1,100 people in. So we need 500 to get to 18K. If every single one of you just took 10 seconds to click that link and go across the top of the league, you'd make an old man very happy. So look, love you guys. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you for your support as always. Have yourselves a good Sunday evening. And if you're going to watch the NFL, enjoy. I'll certainly be watching the Eagles and the Dolphins. So yeah, take care. And any members that are in the Discord, I'm sure I'll see you in there. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.